total bent over and over again. There's not a substitute back to an amusing conversation. I'm the Archbishop of Banterbury. You didn't up for the opera. Welcome to the Bantercast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Bantercast episode 24. I'm your host, Ben Cohn, and I'm here with Michael Parker, who is in... Where are you now? Taiwan. Taiwan. The best place in the world. You, you were in... Where were you before? I was in Burma. Burma. Briefly. Uh, yeah, and now I'm in Taiwan. So I'm jealous, but, you know, whatever. I'm still here in the freezing cold on the East Coast. But uh, <laughs> it's all right. We, we've got over it, but... Um, in today's today's podcast, today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to pick a religion. Um, why? Because uh, Michael, you're in an at least East Asian country or an Asian country. Yes. Is that East Asia? Yes. Uh, where you're seeing a lot of Buddhism. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, first of all, do you think one needs to pick a religion? Uh no. I don't think one needs to pick a religion. So should um, we, yeah, should we just start the podcast? Yeah, we have yeah, uh, we started or not? No, we started the podcast, but we've answered the, <laughs> we've answered the question. So, so you don't need to pick. No one needs to pick a religion. I think everyone. It's up to everyone. I, I will say though that uh, there is deep value in spirituality as long as it's a kind of a rational spirituality. I think um, where you contextualize you know what you see and what you experience with uh, some religious practice I think there's a lot of value in that um, I would describe myself as kind of a rationalist Buddhist yeah I was kind of raised Christian and Buddhist and I got a lot out of uh, Christianity but I it just didn't mesh well it didn't really work for me um, I think religion and spirituality in general uh, are really about achieving inner peace and I think uh, we all need that, that that sense of inner peace and inner calm. You know, we were, we've were we been traveling around Taiwan looking at these really beautiful temples and temples I've been going to since I was a little kid. Mm. And uh, and there's all these statues of these people, right, outside the temples. Like uh, some are like the Buddha, some are other guys. And, uh, and I, I remember thinking it was kind of funny because the reason that these people have these statues in these beautiful temples in the mountains in Taiwan is that they figured out how to achieve inner peace and that's it. It's not like they uh, did anything like they didn't conquer stuff. They didn't like invent anything. They've figured out how to achieve inner peace. And that, that is a huge, hugely difficult thing. And it shows how, shows how hard it is. I think we all struggle with um, finding that inner calm. And at least for me, Buddhism was a way to try to get there. I don't, I'm not, some enlightened person I struggle with it all the time uh, you know being in control of my mind learning how to turn my brain off but I think that that there is something really beautiful about spirituality as long as it as long as it it, it can conf- as long as it meshes with your rational mind I think it's really important that you question things and you ask questions until you get to some some level of comfort but uh, yeah I think choosing a spiritual practice is important, uh, not necessary, but important. And I think more and more people should open their minds to it because I think a lot of irrational, uh, like men particularly who are kind of arrogant, think they know everything, um, are pretty close to, to some kind of spiritual experience. And I think we grow up kind of arguing about religion a lot because it's, we have a, in the, you know, for us in the U S and Europe, it's a very sort of, a very dogmatic 
precise, like, this is the religion, this is not the religion, this is the way, this is not the way. Mm. And uh, that leads to a lot of conflict, obviously, like, whose God is better. You know, my, one of my favorite cartoons is, it's like two armies fighting each other, and it's like, it's like my duck God is better than your rabbit God, and they're going to kill each other. And, uh, and not that, not that there's, you know, any religion is perfect, but I think uh, exploring religion outside of, you know, right and wrong and just, just embracing and experiencing it is great. Like, I think going to church is cool, actually. I, I don't believe a lot of the sort of formal doctrine stuff of, of the church, uh, but I think it's cool. It's a cool experience. And going to temple is cool. And uh, going to, you know, a, a Buddhist uh, spot and just listening and breathing properly for, you know, a few minutes is really cool. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think religion can be very beautiful. What about you? Uh, it's an interesting one. I mean, I'm reading at the moment um, Sam Harris's book. Um, uh, End of Faith. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's uh, it's called Waking Up. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I've read that one. Yeah. Very interesting because Sam Harris is like this uber rational kind of thinker. Ultra you know? atheist. Oh yeah. well, sort of. You know, it's interesting because Waking Up is kind of like it's not what you what normal sam harris type readers might think you know but it's he goes you know one of the what what he does in in the book he he basically tries to establish his like i'm a hard-nosed atheist uh, credentials before then going into a lot of kind of quite esoteric stuff about consciousness um which uh if you are a hard-nosed rationalist atheist um, might turn you off a bit and you might think maybe Sam Harris has like lost his mind and he's gone all woo-woo um, because what he's describing is, is is essentially the same thing as what Deepak Chopra described right but Deepak, Deepak Chopra describes it in a lot more he's kind of a bit more of a I, you know I don't mind Deepak Chopra everyone hates on the guy but like I don't mind him he's alright um, but I can see why he would piss a lot of people off I, I do understand that I understand why he makes bad arguments. With, it is what pisses people off. Yes, because yeah, he he starts to use scientific arguments when he doesn't really understand the science. And I'm not saying I understand the science either, but listening to people who do understand the science, it's clear that Deepak doesn't have a clue. Right, right. It's kind of hard when you want to listen to something, and the first thing they say is something just like demonstrably not true. Yes, you know, they, they say like, "You, know, I have this great, I have this great." and gives you spiritual, uh, you know, spiritual comment. It's based on, you know, one thing that we all know is that gravity doesn't exist. You know, it's like that kind of thing. It's kind of hard to, hard it's to kind of hard to move past that. You kind of like can't really move on beyond that. So, yeah, at least I, for me, that stuff. That I think it's sort of Sam Harris's point as well, is that look, basically a lot of religion, a lot of this stuff is to a person who, who has a working rational mind just cannot get past this stuff. Right, like, I there are you know things in in I spend a lot of time around Catholicism because of my wife, her family is Catholic, and uh, you know I don't have a problem per se with it, but um, the doctrine is where they lose me. I just can't, right. I just can't take it's the dogma. Hard. It just, it just, I don't, I don't accept certain things that they say, um, and I understand that you have to take the whole package. Um, if you are going yeah. to be a Catholic, or you have to say you ha- you know you agree with the sort of basic tenets of uh, Catholicism, um, and that to me strikes me as I just I don't my rational mind just says uh, no because you can't prove any of this stuff. 
and why should I believe something that you you clearly cannot prove? And there was a lot of there were a lot of kind of endeavors to try to prove this stuff, um, you know, using history and you know some some semblance of science. But it always it's like those kind of um, it's like flat earthers. Um, and it's like um, creationists as well, you know. You, you've got there's some circumstantial evidence clearly to uh, corroborate certain elements of um, flat Earth theory and of like you know um, in creationism, but um, you're cherry picking and drawing conclusions that 99% of functioning rational people don't accept, uh, scientists don't accept. So I I can't I can't accept those things. Um, but then I think what... like every every religion is kind of dealing with the same thing, which is that like, look, we're born and we die, and there's suffering in the world, and it doesn't make sense. Uh, why why are we here? Why is there suffering? Why is there evil? Um, you know, I am gonna live and I'm gonna suffer and then I'm gonna die. So how do I cope with with all this shit? What's like the best framework to think about them, and what helps me achieve peace of mind? And, and, and that's what's how, that. Well, is, he, is he pretty much the argument that Sam Harris says? And Sam Harris says that basically, in the, in that context, Buddhism is not really religion as it as as it is a technology, as it is a as a method, yeah. as opposed to it. And that's where Buddhism is different from the other, you know, Catholicism, Islam, um, Evangelical Christianity, Judaism. Um, is that Buddhism is is a method? Yeah, it's a process to like get to like scrape out all the all the bad arguments to, to the very basic core not like not all buddhism is that way some buddhism is like really well like really crazy and really like psychedelic and insane uh but at least the 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 school of buddhism that i was raised under what, is what about like in? uh zen zen buddhism which is basically like you know you do you need to deal with death um, you, you, you know, the cherry blossom is there and it's gone, like, like you will be. And you contemplate your mortality and the fact that you die until you, like, achieve inner peace, basically. And uh, there's a whole process. It's like how you breathe and how you sit and how you think about things. And uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful and, it's, and it's, it helped me a lot. Um, and I think, like, so going back to choosing it's like really important that you choose it. And I chose Buddhism, you know, I, I was raised under it, but I also chose it. I, you know, I kind of checked out a lot of other stuff and it, it's a, it's a experiential and profound, um, art and practice. Okay. But and do, do you anyone believe can do it? it? Do you believe it though? Um, the thing about it is that it's kind of, like I remember, so my my uncle came to the U.S. from Taiwan, and uh, he wanted to join a. He decided he wanted to join a religious group because he wanted to make friends. Mm. So he joined like a mosque, and a temple, and a church, and like an evan. He went to an evangelical thing, and he was like, explaining <laughs> that he that like a revivalist evangelical church, and they were really nice to him, and they like helped his family move in. They were really cool, and they they talked to him like, so what are you? What are you doing? And you know what? What you? What's so? You know, he's like, oh yeah, I'm checking all these religions. I'm trying to join them all, uh, make as many friends as I can. And they're like, you can't do that. You, you can't. You got to pick one. And he's like, why? It's like, why not? It's like, just it's all the same. Uh, it all goes to the same place. Like you know, he, he just 
so Buddhism, I think, is a little bit different in that it's kind of there's rules, but they're kind of not that important because what's really important is the practice of like breathing and thinking clearly mm. and understanding your own like understanding that you know human beings will be here and gone and the earth will be will be will burn away and in three generations probably most people will forget you and that uh all that ego stuff is the the leading cause of your own suffering and that you create stuff for yourself and the more you desire and attach to things the more pain you will feel so and also also as i understand it that one of the major sort of tenets of um of uh, Buddhism is that you can, you, you know, until you find inner peace, you will basically be reincarnated over and over and over again until you until you sort of get it. So that's uh, that, for sure. That's that's one of the big tenets. I I would have told you a couple of years ago that I don't believe that. Hmm. Um, and then I uh, did mushrooms, and I was like, oh, it kind of makes sense. A religion kind of makes much more sense. Yes. So I have no idea. I think I that, no the, the, yeah, I have found that the psychedelic experience basically corroborates much of Buddhism. I, 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 yeah. I too have like had those experiences where you're like, okay, yes, I sort of see that what they're talking about. I, I get it. I get, and and that to someone who hasn't done it or had those kind yeah. of experiences, um, I think it would sound a little bit crazy. But then. There's like this uh, thing that happens on that happened to me on mushrooms where it felt like every conscious being was just the same consciousness being iterated, like over a dim- over a time dimension, but it was all the same consciousness. Yeah, just like being cleaned and like and iterated until it was like mature. Mm. And that's kind of Buddhism that we're all part of a, a, a one, a whole, a uni, unifying wholeness. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, if that makes you, gives you, uh, like if that, if you're cool with thinking about death and breathing and sitting down on a camp, the thing about it is, it's a, it's a, it's a like, there's a lot of stuff that we do to like, uh, in groups, right? We do stuff in groups. We, we want to get together uh, and sit together and do your together and like meditate together. And that's, Part of that is about a search for companionship and shared adventure and kind of a shared journey. Hmm. I don't think enlightenment happens in groups. I think it happens in a very lonely individual path where you deal with self. It's kind of you born alone, you're born alone, you die alone. And I think that it's kind of a lonely, there's a loneliness and a solitude to dealing with yourself um, that Buddhism kind of gives you. Uh, and it's really about a personal journey into dealing with the you feel and your ego. And I think, like I think, like a lot of Christianity is really about community, and uh, a lot of religion is about community and shared experience. And we all ascend to heaven together, you know, with your family, and you, you know, that's kind of like you'll see the people you love again, and uh, you know, paradise forever. Um, and the whole the whole hell thing made no sense to me for that because I was like, well, eternity is such a long time. What percentage of my life is eternity? Like a tiny, infinitesimally small slice of my life is eternity. So how am I judged for all of eternity based on this like zero 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 point zero 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 one percent 
of my of my existence. But anyway, like I think there are different schools of thought in Christianity as well. But but I think that you know a lot of religion is about shared ascension, mm. right into a into an eternal bliss. Um, and I there is no I don't think Buddhism gives you that sense of it's uh, there's no death and there's and there's eternal together mm. Buddhism doesn't give you that it's kind of it's really it's it's less less of a happy story I guess um, than that it's really that the idea being that you you're here for a short period of time you create suffering through your ego and through attachment mm. and by meditating and by thinking uh, about things in the right way and by detaching yourself you can this is a process by which you can hurt be in less pain yeah you can be in less pain but then what happens often I mean, Tibetan Buddhism, as I understand it, has a very complex system of what happens oh, after, yeah. after you die. Yeah. Um, and I yeah, used to think circles that, of heaven. Yeah, I used to think that was a load of nonsense. But then again, my own <laughs> experiences would lead me to believe that they're not so crazy. They're not. They're so not so crazy. crazy. No, they they've worked a lot of stuff out. And how they've done this, I I mean, God knows. But I mean, it's it's through deep, deep you know, clearly deep. I mean, this is what I think about the, the sort of psychedelic experience. What I think about the psychedelic experience is I think that the psychedelic experience takes you to all these realms that, that you know, deep uh, practicing Buddhists have been to, right? Or, or mm. been near. But to somebody who has no idea what that is, um, yeah. it can be a complete shock. Like, so, I mean, right. I, you know, it shocked me to my core when I had when I've done a you know quite serious um plant medicine um journeys where you, right. you you know you experience all it does is just alter your state of consciousness right and you alter your state right. of consciousness and, and you get to see it's like tuning into a different sort of frequency almost um and the frequency to the human mind can be completely perplexing and and unenglishable where it's you can't describe it i mean how can you describe right. You know, you were talking about doing mushrooms. How do you put that into English language? How do, how do you do uh, that? It's, I think that... Uh, it's impossible. I think that probably all drug, desire to do drugs or, or plant medicine, whatever, is a, a spiritual desire. There's a, there's a spiritual desire, like whether that's um, like heroin or it's ayahuasca, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I'm, I'm, I think it's human humanity's quest to first spiritual experience. Yeah, absolutely. And... And like, I, I had this crazy experience. I went to this um, uh, it's like apartment building in Taipei with my mom. She's like, you know, I want you to go meet this kind of uh, monk. And this monk, um, what he does is he talks to you and he draws, kind of like just like he doesn't even look like he's drawing anything. And he's talking to you and he tells you about your life. And uh, it sounds pretty. And I was there for, he told everyone a different thing and everyone was really touched by it. And I was like, okay, well, let's see. And he sat me down and what he told me was exactly what I heard on mushrooms, like to the T. And he drew for me this, this beautiful painting. And it was like a metaphor for like the thing that I'm dealing with, like very specifically, like so specifically that, that it was, it bothered me actually. And I've been thinking about it for the last week. Uh, and I don't know. And maybe, it, it, but it, the funniest thing, I went to the, his back room and I looked at all these paintings he had. Mm. And they were just 
mushroom trips. <laughs> so maybe he's balling out on mushrooms, or maybe he, because a lot of people ex ex uh, express the vipassana experience, which is like a meditation, a breathing meditation. Mm. I think it's Hindu, uh, but they, ex they explain vipassana as being very similar to mushrooms. Uh, on like the eighth or ninth day of a silent meditation, and you keep doing this breathing, eventually you have this. Your brain just like explodes in a psychedelic experience um, that lasts hours. And they they describe what it sounds like to me, like mushrooms, personally. Oh yeah, and I mean, it's, uh, it's, it, the the chemical. I mean, I, I again, the thing we've talked about this many times about the chemical processes in your brain. Um, yeah, that that you're on drugs all the time anyway. Like, so the the concept that like right. mushrooms are drugs or ayahuasca is a drug is a misnomer. It doesn't really mean anything because your your brain right. is a drug factory anyway. Reality is def is basically um, created. Your sense of reality is defined by the chemicals in your brain. In your How brain. do we get more people to take mushrooms? You know, I mean, look, maybe they don't need to. Maybe meditation is a, is another way of... It, it, yeah. You know, meditation... But they, all these things have their dangers as well. They All of them, including, right. including meditation. And I think that, like, the mm. more that you kind of get into this stuff and the more that you experience these other realms of consciousness, the more, like, serious it becomes and the more you realise, like, oh, shit, like, spiritual masters, like, real spiritual masters really have dealt with the demons of their own minds and mm. and and they've gone to places that you know unimaginable places that are incredibly difficult to navigate and the mind can destroy itself you know it can there For is sure i mean i've read um stories about people um meditating and developing like panic disorders from uh. from deep meditation because they were not able to come to terms with what they discovered about themselves through meditation and for people who you know if you've been traumatized if you've you know there's a lot of like mindfulness training going on right now that's the big thing um and meditation uh but in the western society is a society that's kind of uniquely ill-prepared to do any of this stuff we don't like death we don't like talking about unpleasant things you know everything's about safety and and um right avoiding pain and stuff like that and then with these right. it, when you go into these deep meditation experiences you're gonna have mm. to come to terms with what's on your mind you know right and and, and psychedelics just kind of take you there you don't really have a choice because in meditation you can stop or you can just wake right. up and you're fine but with the during a psychedelic experience you can't you're there you're stuck there right right for hours um which right. i've be, i've had a number of of terrifying, terrifying experiences that were, I believe, internal and external, mm. you know, that were a mixture of both. Um, and then, but then you realize like, okay. Yeah, there was, um, you know, the, 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 your mind is a, it can be a very dangerous place. I mean, not even, I'm not even talking about being meditating or being on mushrooms. I mean, just, we can be so cruel to ourselves, probably more cruel to ourselves than anyone and and i just hope you know everyone here who's listening i just hope that you're kind to yourself and you don't you don't beat up on yourself because you don't deserve it and uh yeah i think meditation is a good way to control that discipline and create that discipline yeah uh, so that you don't do that, to yourself. That, that that's actually sort of a lesson that i've been i that that's made a lot of sense to me recently in that like um be kind of exp having going through some difficult meditation experiences and having like 
over over the new year i had like a a really bad bout of um fibromyalgia which i have um and that can lead to all sorts of horrible things like you know you basically get you don't have enough serotonin your brain's not producing enough serotonin so you can you can feel very low you can get um uh anxiety and stuff like that so i kind of i sort of witnessed my my mind kind of destroying itself you know i i it was quite scary to like happen because it was mm. such a, I had such a bad fibromyalgia attack um, mm. that I kind of was like, okay, wow, my brain is not functioning properly. Like I feel very different about everything. You know, I feel very low about stuff. I feel very anxious. I feel, which I'm not used to feeling that way. So I kind of brought myself back um, through a mixture of kind of, you know, dieting, um you know proper diet uh some some breathing exercises meditation that kind of stuff and brought myself mm. back but it was it was like an interesting insight into like what the mind can do to itself and it, if you don't treat your body properly and if you don't treat your mind if you're not kind to yourself if you're not like mm. you know i just came up with this whole sort of theory that basically like there are two me's there's like the, right. the the kind me that's looking after my best interest then there's the monkey mind there's the monkey me which is mm -hmm. constantly distracted constantly like anxious about things constantly you know searching for pleasure searching for you know the next hit whatever it is you know whether it be you know i don't know like making more money or whatever whatever it you know whatever that might be and you 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 have to sort of try and connect with the kind you and say, all right, what's in your best interest right now? What's in your best interest? If if I'm looking at Ben as another person who I don't, you know, he's just another dude. I'm like, I'd want the best for that person. And what should he do right now? You know, and that's probably breathing and taking it easy. Thing, uh, oh, sorry. I'm, I'm bringing up, I heard a very interesting. If you're health and your mental health is your number one priority then then everything else can wait uh you can you know your work can wait 30 minutes or an hour you know he, what he does is in the mornings he works out no matter what because it's his number one priority that his health and mental health and mental state is his number one priority and from concentric circles it's, he works his way out to the outside world so he starts with his kind of soul and his body and then his family and then his job and his community you know kind of that way hmm. and if, if you work out from, from the middle that way it means that you need to sleep drink water you need to take care of your mental health by meditating and you need to exercise and if those are your number one priorities then you can't say you don't have time because they're number one and that's a pretty interesting way to think about it because that's not how i live my life and i want to live my life more like that yeah um you know free of judgment of myself and uh in a place where I, 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 where I create an environment around myself, which is kind and, and positive so that I can be my best. It's difficult to do, man. It's really hard to do. I, I was very hard to do. I was forced to do that over the new year because I was having such a bad time. I'm like, okay, look, sucks, man. I have to just not really, I have to sort of look after myself right now. Like I have to look, man, it's so hard to do that. Like the people who do figure out how to do it, they get fucking statues. Like that's how hard it is. You know what I mean? It's like hard, like few people achieve uh, complete you know, peace of mind. And those people are like enlightened people. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. 
and it's 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 hard it's hard to do because like very few people get the statues so you know it's <laughs> you know don't be so you know you don't have to be unkind to yourself about that it's like it's tough yeah yeah it, it, it is tough because it's it, i did it for like a few weeks and i felt great mm-hmm. but then as soon as i started feeling good i'm like okay fuck it i can like do i can get back to like yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> staying up watching netflix all night like you know yeah. checking out my stock portfolio or whatever it is you know what i mean like checking like the share prices or I, I, all sorts of like monkey mind bullshit that doesn't really matter matter at all. Um, I totally have no control of my monkey mind. It's so bad. It's so out of control. <laughs> I mean, but you can, you can, you can control the monkey mind. It just takes. You, you gotta. You, you wanna. So I, but I think it's a lot of crash and burn. In, in at least for me, it's like I crash and burn. You know, it's like. I sort myself out and then the monkey mind takes over and then I'm doing a million <laughs> things and then I'm like, okay, shit, I need to, I'm feeling terrible now. My, my back hurts, my neck hurts. I'm not getting enough exercise. I'm like distracted all the time. I like, you know what I mean? And then you have a sort of burnout phase and you have to get, then you have to get back into it. You know, I've been, you know, I've been having a lot of arguments with people in my own brain. That's, that's always, that's, that's always, <laughs> And like I'm always right, and they're always wrong. Yeah, and I'm always wrong. But it, but it's crazy that that's your own brain. Yeah, it's terrible. I like sh- I need to shut it off. I, I I'm gonna try. I I finally like got Headspace. Right, amazing. It's amazing. I need to just start using the app. But like I I like couldn't turn my brain off. I was like it's like two fucking minutes, and I couldn't shut Switch my it off. fucking brain up. <laughs> to like listen to it for two minutes like pay attention i just like i would just zone out completely and go back into my own like monkey brain thing and like miss the entire meditation my, I, you know a lot of people give headspace users shit for talking about how good it is but it is really good and the anxiety um pack the anxiety stuff is i think amongst the best of all of them because it like it really wow. breaks down how to um like noting like he's got this technique of noting where you sort of note thoughts when you have a thought just noting oh that's a thought or if you start feeling you know emotional about something or angry or tired okay that's an emotion and that's your job is to sit there just noting things as opposed to trying to do anything you just like okay that's Mm -hmm. what that is and not judging it when you're doing it um right and then after sort of you know after you do quite a few of these sessions it kind of starts to translate over into your actual life, you know, where you're not meditating. And then when you're going crazy about something and you go, okay, actually those are just thoughts. They're just thoughts. We need to do a, like a daily, like, like a, like a banter cast meditation retreat. Yeah. Anybody up for it? Anybody wants to do a meditation retreat? We're all ears, you know, like I, th- I think they're amazing. I think they're like, so vital to sort of for everybody to to kind of at least do some of it like even a couple of times a week something yeah like a bit of martial arts a bit of meditation a bit of you some green stuff green stuff is in drug green stuff whoa 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 whoa. advocating drugs i meant spirulina I think marijuana could be helpful, you know, to some people, like used sparingly. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, or fucking, uh, what's it called? Mushroom? Uh, 
no CBD oil. That too, yeah. CBD oil apparently is really good for anxiety. I've never tried it, but apparently CBD oil, just the oil, is is good. It's good. I've I have used that. Yes, it's a good. Uh, it's like a pain reliever. It is very good. Um, what? So, what's your how? What's your religious? Uh, do you have a religious affiliation? Um, I would say that Buddhism makes a lot of sense to me, but I'm also very interested in in um, shamanism. I do think that <clears throat> that is um, my own experiences of 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 shamanism are um, <clears throat> because that is a whole other game. That's like there are there are cross there are certainly parallels with Buddhism. There are things that are there are similarities and there are differences, but the shamanic worldview is i mean shamanism is the original sort of worldview it is the original religion it's the original it's not even really a religion it's more of a healthcare system shamanism is basically a set of techniques and it's a healthcare system that you find in indigenous societies where there's always some man or woman who is like has a special connection with nature and has a special Mm -hmm. connection with you know what they would describe as the spirit world and can journey into the spirit world and find things out about you know people's health or you know the good of the of the tribe or whatever that i mean you know whether or not you want to believe that that's what it is that's what they believe it is at least Mm. right so like a shaman would you know it would be about things like hunting where are the where's the good prey going to be you ask the shaman and the shaman can, can 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 tap into the sort of ether of the local area and find out where things are, you know, or like where are the where are the monkeys going to be in the morning or something like that. What's the weather going to be like next week? Um, whether you know what how they do. Before, oh, sorry, go ahead. How they do this? Who knows? How accurate they are? Who knows? I don't know. But what I have seen with my own eyes has been quite extraordinary, um, and I wouldn't discount it. And the framework for shamanism is remarkably similar the world over. You know, there's a there are generally speaking, you know, the shamanic worldview. There are three worlds: there's the underworld, the middle world, which we're in, and the upper world, which is where you ascend to. That's the spirit world. Um, you know, so I think there are, um, you know, and you see that you see that construct in Buddhism too. Um, but you know, shamanism is a lot stranger than 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 Buddhism, um, and I don't know. I mean, they have a whole belief about the afterlife as well. Um, I mean, I did a whole piece about this recently on the banter. You can read it um, on the banter. It's my um, masculine and the Mother Earth, where I went through this whole sort of shamanic um, uh, journeying um, in in the Amazon that you know takes you to the afterworld. Um, through the use of these sacred medicines and like you know whether or not was it real or was it just you know a chemical experience in my mind I don't know and I don't really think that's who knows I've got no way of knowing it seemed real enough to me Um, and if that is correct then I think that the what they are saying has to be taken seriously what what shamanism says has to be taken seriously that we have to pay attention to it at, at the very least and try to understand it better um, because it's not stupid um, and if and if what they say is true then yeah I mean look who knows nobody knows what's happening out there No, what is reality nobody knows what reality is 
we, we've got monkey minds. We can't understand. I, I, that's always the conclusion that I come up with is that we cannot conceptually understand reality. What's happening? What, you know, why, what is the human experience for? Why are we here? Why do we have consciousness? Um, <clears throat> you know, um, I don't think we can understand. And I think Buddhism then helps um, settle the monkey mind and to say that you can't know. So stop trying. Just try and find some peace of mind instead. You know, find, find solitude in the spaces between the thoughts because the thoughts are not real anyway. So, yeah, I think a mixture of shamanism and Buddhism is like where I'm at at the moment. That's cool. Um, you know, but also I'm a Western, you know, I was raised in the West, man. I grew up reading Richard Dawkins and Sam Harris, right. and all these people. And, uh, I understand that worldview. And I think that, well, I think the whole, like I was kind of, I got into that very much in like university, like the whole racism thing, mm. uh, very much. And I think it gives you a few really good things. It, one, it gives you a lens to question everything, which is good, but it also makes you feel really good because you're right and everyone else is wrong. Right, exactly. And that's an amazing feeling. It's like, I'm smarter than everyone. These people are wrong. These people are stupid. I know. It's like a... It's pretty seductive. And uh, I think a little bit of a, a trap. Um, I think so too. But I think everyone has to go through... Like, I think most people's journey is kind of like... They start on one... And a place kind of, you know somewhere in the middle and that's kind of what I at Buddhist and then became a complete atheist and I was so sure that people bullshit. were stupid and wrong and then after university I was like you know there's some good things I respect every religion I don't believe it but I respect it and now I'm kind of in a place where I think um, a few years ago but you know still with a healthy dose of skepticism like I don't believe in like Hold on, sorry. I believe in the... Sorry, you're breaking up there a little bit. Oh, yeah, is it better? Yeah, you, you, you don't believe in what, sorry? I don't, you know, I think it's important to have, like, still be a rational person. Like, you don't have to believe in, like, med like I don't believe in, like, levitation. People who are, like, meditating in the, in the mountains and, like, suddenly levitate and, like, have magical power. Like, you know, I don't buy that. Um, and I, I, you know, I trust what I can see. And, I, I, you know, I believe in science and the process of discovering the world. I think it's a magical thing to be able to like create falsifiable predictions and mm. then those things turn out to be true it's amazing and uh so I, I don't discount it at all um and you know i think everyone you make up your own mind about that but um you know i don't you know i don't, I don't buy like the sort of way out there stuff um so much unless it you know unless I... but um definitely uh, a sense of spirit and a sense of soul helps uh, very much to make sense of the world and give you that sense of inner calm and it's worth it's a world definitely worth exploring with an open mind and listening to people and trying not to uh speak too much or not to argue too much um because there is some kernel of truth in all of it I, and I think so. it all kind of makes sense yeah i mean you know, as far as the sort of mystical, magical stuff goes, I mean, one of the problems, I think, with atheism and sort of material, rational thought is that that becomes a religion unto itself. And a lot of kind of right. atheist materialists believe that the current scientific paradigm 
is set in stone, right? That there are scientific right. truth, hard truths. And if you right. talk to real scientists, right, they right. will tell you that that's not the case, that reality is much weirder than you think it is, that there are, right. like, it's much less definable and much less solid than you believe it to be. It works right. well enough, right? It works, it works well enough. Um, you know, you can get a plane up in the air and we kind of know, you know, the laws of physics pretty much within, um, uh, or to what's useful to us, right? To, what, to what's useful to hum- for human purposes. But when you start getting into, you know, black stars and um, uh, black holes, mm. rather, and, you know, how time moves Quantum slow. mechanics. Yeah, quantum mechanics, how t- time is not linear. You know, that, that's a kind of a human right. construct that as far as we can tell, the time is, is almost certainly not linear. Um, it, it starts to it's get... It's so re- cool when that kind of comes together, how, like, the, like the, that sort of Buddhist, like, worldview and, like, quantum mechanics can kind of, like, like hang out in the same space is really cool. Yeah, exactly. You know, so, so it's things like, you know, the, the guy Rupert Sheldrake, who, who the scientist, um, like, a kind of a heretic, um, scientist who who does a lot of stuff on telepathy so he says that basically like you know contrary to claims by skeptics that 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 um telepathy is an is a rare event because telepathy is actually very common that most people experience telepathic have telepathic experiences on almost a daily basis where they think mm. you know you might think that you can read maybe your girlfriend is thinking something and you pick it up or like you get the urge to call oh, someone yeah. and they've been thinking about you. And that happens all the time. It happens to me all the time. It happens to me all the time. Like sometimes yeah. we're in, in more recently in kind of more bizarre ways um, that I've struggled to explain, but then I'm not trying to think about it too much because then that can lead to anxiety, which I'm trying to not, <laughs> I'm trying to not get all right. into all that stuff. But, um, you, you know, so he, his line is that telepathy is extremely ordinary, right? And you mm. only, skeptics are out there to disprove it but why would you i don't understand what i don't seem to understand is why do you want to disprove it what what if you if you're militantly against the idea of telepathy that it's all bullshit it means that you're not looking at evidence and the evidence says that many people experience telepathy on a very very regular basis um Mm. and you know they've done they you know he's done these phone experiments where um you can actually participate on his website i believe where you can do it with friends where you can call up um you can get called by one of five friends and guess who it is and there's there's evidence to show that a lot of people intuitively understand get it right they get they get who's going to call them right above statistic i think what is it above um it's it's statistically relevant right the number of times yeah statistically significant but then skeptics will say, oh, well, it's a problem with the test, it's a problem with this, it's a problem with that. And it's, yeah, maybe, or maybe not. Or maybe there is, you know, maybe telepathy is real. Maybe there is, we do have extrasensory perception that we just don't, we have a hard time quantifying right now, right? Yeah, I mean, the most fun is, is an open mind. That's the most fun place to play as a, as a human, I think. Uh, what's not fun is a closed door and a closed mind. It's not, oh, yeah. it's not an enjoyable place to be. It's not creative. It's not, it's, you don't get to play in that space. That space is boring and there's no play. And then you're and, always uh, right. Then you're always right. And you're always right, which is very seductive, right? In a, in, a, in, a, in a black and white, boring world where everything, where every door is closed and nothing is possible, well, you're always right. 
and that, and, that does uh, seem to be it's a, very seductive it, it does seem to be a tendency you know i hate to sort of stereotype but of white men um <laughs> you know and it's I've, a cultural thing i think i think it's a cultural thing uh like the puritan kind of cultural ethic that uh that got people through a lot of really hard times um where but i i think you know i i would just invite everyone you know if that you know that sort of, i can sort of i see it now like we all have that person inside of the arms crossed kind of like no 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 type Bullshit. person we or we can all be that person oh yeah and uh that person sucks <laughs> they don't annoying. want to try new things they don't want to go anywhere they're not any good in bed they're not fun to hang out with you know they they're not enjoying their lives they're not playing in this amazing world that we live in so don't be that guy that person sucks that person sucks man it, 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 and i was that person where i just wouldn't believe anything. oh for me sure of course yeah of course everyone goes through everyone is that person in their life and i have seen i have, will say this I, i've seen this and i've heard this many many anecdotes of of um those uh people who do ayahuasca for the first time uh, particularly mm. white western men have an incredibly difficult time with it like mm. an almost unfathomably difficult time with it because it just rips apart all your kind of perceptions about reality and right. then you're forced to un- you're forced to sort of come to terms with the fact that you don't know very much and even though as clever as right. you are with your iphone and your you know what i mean your your right. um how many richard dawkins books you've read and right. you know what i mean how how much fun you think it is to laugh at christians and all that kind of stuff um you know, uh, and I've got sympathy for that because I was one of those people. Uh, but then, when you're confronted with this other, these other realms of consciousness that are more real than this, um, then you have to say, okay, I, maybe I need to take a step back, and I don't know as much as I think I do. If I wanted to check, or someone wanted to check out, like the cool, a cool exploration of shamanism, like a book or a movie or an article or some photos, like where should I go or what should I read? I would um, read. I would read or listen to lectures by Terence McKenna. Mm. Um, Terence McKenna was the philosopher who kind of did a lot of um, mushrooms and ayahuasca back in the seventies and eighties, um, and was a kind of an extraordinarily intelligent man. Like one of the most fascinating thinkers who's ever existed. Uh, a mind as sharp as any, you know, any um, of the greats. Any, you know, you could put him up there with Richard Dawkins. Sam, he would school a lot of these guys. He would make them look inarticulate. He would make Richard Dawkins look inarticulate. That's how right. articulate Terence McKenna is about this stuff. And 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 some of his stuff is quite playful. It's quite. He's very thought provoking, but right. he's worth listening to because he understands shamanism. Um, the culture because he lived there you know he spent many 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 years and months traveling in the amazon talking with indigenous peoples um, experimenting with ayahuasca and mescaline and mushrooms and all this lsd and, and dmt you name it he's done it and and his ability to sort of articulate what these experiences are and what the practice of shamanism is in relation to these compounds and these plant medicines is extraordinary so i would highly recommend listening to that yeah i think what's cool about i mean i know much about shamans i have listened to a few lectures of terence mckenna 
and that whole kind of world is that there's a sense that they really truly experience being alive mm. you know they really it's a really fully visceral sense of a resonating r- rapturous sense of reality um that i don't know anyone else that has that uh, that experience uh, more than people who are kind of exploring plant medicine and shamanism it's made me want to check it out for sure um and see what's on the other side so yeah but once yeah, you, I, once I, you i think it's it's always it's also important to note that like you know it's not easy like this shit is not easy it's not for the mm, fact right, it's tough it's tough particularly for westerners and particularly um if you're very sure of yourself and what you think about the world and reality like having that broken down can be traumatic and can be very difficult so i would always urge caution um mm. y- you know and and seeking a good place safe place to do it with experienced professionals who know what they're doing and that is not easy and i think that you know that's why i think buddhism is like really awesome because i think buddhism is yeah. sort of a a kind of a way of experiencing that but maybe not quite the volume isn't quite as loud right right it's It's just you sit down and you breathe for a few hours that's it yeah and there's and and it can be understood in a way that the western mind can kind of comprehend you know as well Mm. meditation i mean meditation is not that difficult to understand right any 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 anyone can understand meditation i mean whether you can put it into practice is, is a completely different matter but like it's very interesting because I was always raised with, you know, from like the different monks we talked to, it was that basically uh, in, in these plant medicines were basically a distraction, that they were a distraction from the way, and the way was a practice, uh, uh, to a practice that you, like a, uh, an awareness to like your actions and a practice and that, yeah, you can explore all these other worlds, also realities, but like it's really about the discipline and the practice of Buddhism. And I still struggle with that. I still struggle with that kind of very deeply built-in sense of how to be a Buddhist. Mm. Um, and I, which I'm not a very good Buddhist either, but but um, uh, I, I struggle with that because it's it's in, pretty instilled in me that that going off on these kind of psychedelic adventures is very much a distraction from the way, whatever, whatever that is. Um, but it's something I want to try because it looks fun. I, so I'm going to try it. I mean, I think yes and no really to that. I, I, I see what that, the benefit, because I think, you know, there are a lot of um, psychonauts, right? People who go out and just mm-hmm. go do this for the experience of it, which is not what they're intended to be. Right, they're mm. not intended for that. They're not intended for Westerners to go and have an experience. They're in- right. they're traditionally used as medicine. Like that's it. It's, ayahuasca is used as a diagnostic tool. Right, not mm. nothing, nothing more. In 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 the, in Amazonian societies, they use ayahuasca to. It's a diagnosis tool. So the shamans, mm. a lot of the time, the person who won't even drink ayahuasca. The shaman takes the ayahuasca, gets into these altered states, and then makes a diagno- right. makes a diagnosis. Um, Mm. and says okay well this is what's wrong with you and these are the plants that you need to have to um uh, to cure it right so that's what do it's you think that for. uh do you think that it's too easy and too simple to dismiss christianity the way i think a lot of people kind of liberal liberals do 
probably. Yeah, I think there is. My, I think Jesus was a shaman. Um, I think that's f- pretty clear. Um, like he had a pretty fucking badass set of ideas and pretty amazing philosophy, like f- f- worldview that was like obviously like revolutionary and like yeah, okay, all the other stuff. I'm not, I'm not into like you know the doctrine and how it all became structured into a hierarchy of political power. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm you know. Is Rome being the center and all that stuff, but the fundamentals, like if you were to get rid of all that shit and just like read Jesus, the Gospel of Matthew, mm. it's pretty fucking cool. Oh yeah, it's pretty fucking beautiful and deep, and the stories are really beautiful. Like my favorite story is when on the Sermon of the Mount, where like uh, people had traveled for a bunch of days to go see Jesus talk, and they all show up at this mountain, and then like there's not enough food. So Jesus made food appear. And the way I always interpreted that was he shared his own food and people like who had been obviously brought food with him to go for a few days, like saw the generosity and did the same thing. And I always thought there's so many beautiful stories like that, that are kind of open to interpretation in a way that works for you. And that is all lost. I think because we are so reactive, there's such a reactionary force to sort of the way it's, been pushed on people mm. over the last couple hundred of years and like it'd be cool to like rediscover the, the base true... the core the core truth of that guy because he's a pretty badass dude oh yeah yeah and, and i think that that much of what and that's why christianity can be is is quite appealing to a lot of people because it's not so internal it's very external as well you know it's about mm. helping other people and yeah, you know what? I I don't know. Maybe, Good works. I think maybe Buddhism as well because it's so internally focused. It can be. Mm. I think maybe people can get too into that themselves and and not yeah. really think about the outside. So I mean that a lot. I've read a lot of Buddhist thinkers who say that that's not what Buddhism is about. Buddhism is about developing just understanding that you are the same person having a, a different you know experiencing life right. with a different set of eyes. You know, so having right. compassion for all beings is. That's you know the ultimate form of enlightenment is to understand that, right. you know that you are basically just living somebody else's life. Other people, it's an illusion that there are other people. They are just other aspects of you, of the one, of the self. And so yeah. developing compassion is towards them is developing compassion towards yourself. And which way that? Yeah, is- I mean, love, love, uh, love your neighbor as you love yourself is like one of JC's best quotes. J- yeah. JC Superstar. I think he was. I mean, you know, a lot of shamans I've met down in the Amazon, they, they're Catholics as well. So, you know, yeah. bizarrely. <laughs> so they... Gets they, a bit of a bad rap. But they but they hold they hold these two worldviews. They just believe that Jesus is a powerful shaman and that he's the ultimate sort That's of... That's cool. You know what I mean? I mean, it's... I don't know. You could, you could get lost down the rabbit hole. One of the things, again, is just not to think... I think not to think about this stuff too much. Is to practice and right. to do what just practice, do yeah, it. Feels right, you know. Doing acts of compassion, self-compassion, or external compassion, whatever it is, is mm. is really like what it's all about. That's what all the masters say, you know. Yeah, all good things come from gratitude and, and love. Basically, I think that's basically where all 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 positive things in life come from. And it's not shouting at each other about who's right about you know. I don't know. Anyway, I think. Uh, 
I think that's good. I think we've covered enough. Hopefully, so we're basically Buddhism is the best, sort of. <laughs> but then Christianity is still cool. And we have Christianity got... is cool, man. It's cool. I, I think like when you when you get down to its core, when you like, yeah, all the other stuff, like the stories around it and like the doctrine. Okay, it's, it gets a little much, but at the core of it, it's super beautiful. And Christians are nice, I think that's man. Probably true. Of, yeah, Christians are good people. You know, like, people are fucking cool and nice and. In general. Uh, Islam as well. Like Islam is, can be really beautiful. There's some fucking really beautiful poems in the Quran that are fucking just so profound. And uh, you know, it's like just it's it's hard to listen to people who are different, and it's hard to not be right, and to like not fold your arms and squint your eyes and and put your feet in the sand and say, you know, no, this is you're wrong about you know you're wrong. I'm right. My my tribe is right. Your tribe is wrong. My rabbit god is better than your duck god because yeah. like that feels really good it feels very powerful you feel sure and you like your purpose is clear and you feel better than other people um but i think listening and just experiencing things like i promise you like if you go to uh, uh hear a like imam sing the call to prayer or sing any uh verses from the quran you're you get chills it's so beautiful mm. so beautiful okay this is magical and uh, I get it. Okay, I, I totally get it. And I think um, there's beauty to experience in that. And you don't have to agree with it. You can just experience it. And like, okay, that's cool. Check that out. That's kind of cool. And then move on. Try to check something and experience something else until you kind of find the thing that resonates with you. you. Resonates, yeah. And I think re- resonate is a good... I, I am a fan of resonance as, as, as in what yeah. fits your own... Where are you right now, emotionally, physically, spiritually? Where are you right now, yeah. and what what fits your where you are? You, you know, just go to where you are. Like, if, if, if Buddhism sounds like a lot of esoteric bullshit, then fine. Then yeah, fine. Do something else. Do, some, do something else. You know, maybe Christianity makes sense to you, and that helps you live sure. your life better. And I, I've seen a lot of people who I think Christianity would be, would be great for. You know. Um, yeah. if you're not particularly intellectual and, and there's nothing wrong with not being intellectual if you're not very intellectual I don't care like who cares it doesn't mean you're a worse person yeah. or a better person it just means you're interested in you know you have a you experience the world in a different way like I've got more just be nice to yourself and nice to other people be kind to yourself because you don't deserve to be like you don't deserve to have your, you know bring pain upon yourself and be nice to other people and like that do whatever you want do whatever you want there you go I think that's the message alright yeah. So, well, listen, everyone, that was, uh, I think, hopefully, we've covered a lot and um, um, provided a little bit. Choose of your own religion. Choose your own religion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one is the best? It's all about you. It's all about you. But, um, all right, well, look, we'll be back next week, and hopefully next week we are going to have, we're going to be talking about the blockchain, um, cryptocurrencies and the blockchain and what this might mean for the future of society, the future of the world. Um, should you invest money in Bitcoin? Should you not invest money in Bitcoin? Is our cryptocurrencies really that important? Is it the technology underlying it that's important? We don't know. I don't think anybody knows, but there are people who know more than we do. So we're going to hopefully yes. we've got a couple not of too hard. couple of guests in mind for this who we've reached out to, and uh, hopefully somebody will. Who knows more than us will be on next week and there's someone who i really would sure. like to get on um anyway everyone um thank you for listening thank you very much for listening 
Take care, guys. And we will see you next week. Peace out.